Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today once again. Here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we take you into the field, to the places where you have those aha moments and mastermind meetings that move you closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. You may occasionally hear a bird chirping in the background, a car driving by, ambient noise and the laughter of a good-natured joke shared at the table next to you. But are these things what tend to be around you when you have those transformative conversations and interactions that you'll think back years from now and say, wow, that really changed the entire trajectory of where I was directed. Well, you might use smaller words, but you get the idea. That's what we do at the Business Creators Radio Show. You don't have these inspirations in a $25,000 Hollywood soundproof studio or sitting at your desk with your webcam on, sitting on the tails of your coat, holding your media pose for an hour. No, 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 no. You do it when you're in a place where you're relaxed, where you can lean in, tune in, and invest in your education. So today, we are going to cover a title that immediately jumped out at me. And I, as soon as I saw this, I knew I had to have it for you on Business Creators Radio. It's called, What's Your Worth in Dollars and Cents? Here's the thing. Entrepreneurs question what they're worth, literally in terms of dollars and cents, and figuratively. They can quickly fall into the trap of wondering if they're charging too much or too little due to limiting beliefs. And they soon start asking questions like, what is my service or skill worth? Am I even worthy of X dollar amount or accolade? This doubt or guilt can then lead them to disengaging or their business becoming stagnant. So what we're going to discuss with our guests who I'm about to introduce is how to determine what you're worth and your worthiness to eliminate doubt and free up brain space which will help you as an entrepreneur and business creator shift from overwhelm to freedom in both your personal and professional life. To share us with us today and take us down this path, we have Andrea Libros, who you're going to really enjoy getting to know. She has quite a story. I'm going to let her tell a good part of it. Just what you need to know for now is over the last few decades, she started three successful businesses and ultimately become a certified business and life coach, all while raising two kids who are now 21 and 18 and several giant puppies. I'm curious about that. So she comes to us today to further her goal of helping bold, ambitious women create their own custom secret sauce for success by combining just two ingredients, the right mindset and solid systems. I love this stuff. Andrea believes anything, including success on your own terms, can happen if you move, if you allow it to move you from feeling that things are impossible to possible, if you make it all simple, doable, and fun, even the systems. You already know, if you follow this show, one of the quotes you're going to hear from me, but we'll let that show up naturally. Andrea, come on in. The weather's fine. I'm happy to be here. 
All right, it's I read off your, Yeah, absolutely. I read off your your official bio. It's so impressive. I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here. And this is, after all, my show. So what we like to do here is take a quick step back and tell us a bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. So I think the journey, you know, the journey started a long time ago. But in the, over the last 15 years, um, I have worked solely with entrepreneurs in a variety of, of ways. Right. And to get me where I was today, where I am today, in a role that I held for about 10 years with a company who um, they, they really brought on entrepreneurs, almost like franchise owners. They weren't really weren't franchise owners, but they kind of were. And I was recruiting, hiring, and training them. And after 10 years of working for said company, I had had it and I was ready to go. I was kind of tired of the corporate mumbo jumbo. And when I stepped back and I thought, hmm, I did stay there for 10 years. What did I actually like about it? What I really loved was what they were calling training. But now, in retrospect, I would call coaching. Uh And what happened, I really realized, was that someone said, yes, I want to start this business. They started. They they kept going. And then they reached a point where they thought, hmm, I'm not sure this is fun anymore. This is actually getting kind of hard. And the excitement has worn off. And I love to say being a business owner is a journey in personal development disguised as an entrepreneurial adventure. And that really was the juncture where I love to step in and help them move from having kind of a a feasible, viable business to a business that really was succeeding. And that intersection there was where you really examined what you were worth. I mean, that was, those were some of the questions that were happening at that kind of elbow. I kind of call it like an elbow, because if you think of a, a graph, like a line graph of businesses and their growth, you know, it's kind of a zigzaggy line. And then they might plateau and then they head for the stars. So the plat- where the plateau meets the path to the stars, that little elbow is where I think a lot of entrepreneurs start to question what they are worth. And I realized that I actually liked that spot. I liked coaching them and getting them through that because once they got through that, they really took off. That was, that was kind of a, a crucial moment where like a make it or break it. And, you know, we can read all these statistics about how many businesses succeed and how many yeah. fail. And, and I think this piece of the puzzle is key. It's a key piece. I think it is very much as well. And, you know, we have different trajectories as we jump from corporate to being entrepreneurial. I took two and a half years to make that transition. And that's simply because I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what questions to ask. And I didn't have the belief system to believe the things were possible. So after I finished MBA school, I, uh, I did the whole networking job offers thing. And I actually did get two job offers. I ended up turning them both down. The reason being is right around that same time, I had connected with, uh, or rather reconnected with one of my previous business mentors, who at this stage in his journey, owned a training and development consulting firm. So I ended up creating a side hustle that provided uh, research, 
and logistical supports is small training and development firms. And was having some fun with it. Now, there's that whole ox cart before the horse thing that we were taught back in the day. You had to get your business big enough so you could quit your job. And in order to get your business quit big enough, you realistically had to quit your job. So where's the happy medium? So I spent a year and a half going back and forth deciding which way am I going to go with this? Am I going the entrepreneur route or am I going the corporate ladder route? That decision was made very brutally for me on November 19th, 2004, when I found out what an absolute idiotic, obtuse moron of a boss's boss I've been working for all along. I swear to God, uh, she even looked like Warden Norton from the Shawshank Redemption was just about as obtuse. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into the details. And, and I share things like this for your information, because you're relatively new to us, but some of our listeners know this already, is a lot of folks have these experiences and have these feelings and have these emotions about things that they've yep. gone through. And the fact that it may be incorrect in some way, or they may be held by, back by some social moray that forbids them from expressing it, much of which is self-imposed, but that's a separate conversation. They don't get the opportunity to process it, work through it, and gain the development that comes with it. So speaking as the voice of our listeners, I'll share things that might sound a little bit like, whoa, did he really just say that? And I'll tell stories that don't always portray me in the best light. I'll tell you about my uh, less than finest hour. The reason being mm -hmm. is I'm inviting our listeners to join me in saying, oh, yeah, me too. I Yeah, that, that happened to me. Yeah. Oh, I know. You're oh, I've been there, done that. And so they can walk with me. And together, we can help them experience that journey that will make them so much better at who they are and what they do. So that little segue aside. see. I had something I, similar happen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so go yeah. ahead, tell tell your story because I can so that, I can use it to leverage my next point. All right. So my that that company that I worked for for ten years, the joke became if I had one more great idea that didn't come to fruition, I was going to leave. Yeah. Because I I was sort of a known to have lots of great ideas, and they would say, "Yeah, oh, we really should do that. That yeah, definitely. Let's put that into play." And then nothing would happen. Uh -huh. And it was, it was frustrating. And then you start to kind of question yourself, like, am I crazy? Was that a good idea? Why didn't that come to fruition? Why didn't they take it and run with it? So I had had enough after 10 years. And I, that's when I left, I was like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Um, which, you know, I had worked in other corporate settings, same sort of thing. I, I felt like, Hmm, I really think I could probably do this better. Let's yeah. try it. And I think that's a lot of people feel that way, but yet they get stuck there. They get stuck there. They don't really see that they do have amazing value to offer. And they're just put in a place where they're kind of handcuffed and can't get it out there into the world. So I hear you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So certainly. And I had similar experiences where, in, in my case, what I kept running into was, well, you're just a so-and-so on this org chart that apparently determined our values, human beings. So, mm -hmm. so who do you think you are even having thoughts? You're not getting paid to think. Right. Uh, okay. Now, <laughs> all right. So here's, so November 19th, 2004, I reached out to my client slash mentor and told him the whole story thinking that, uh, well, my life was going to hell and I couldn't believe that this uh, was going on. And he just kind of chuckled and said, dude, welcome to the club. 
everybody's had that moment with their idiot boss's boss. So here's what I'm going to do. You go back into that company on Monday, quit. Let me know you've quit, and I'll give you $3,000. It'll be in your PayPal same day. Ah. Well, I didn't take him up on it. See, here's what was going on. I had been programmed to believe, as many folks are, that those things just don't happen to regular people. So you have that going on, first off. Second, we had been taught about confidence schemes, get-rich-quick schemes, and people who use you to the extent that it seems like everybody who's offering a helping hand, everybody who's showing you a possibility is just a con artist. But anybody who tells you to put your nose to the grindstone, work hard, and 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 just put up with it, well, they're the ones giving you the real deal. Uh, yeah, and I was still infected by that. He had, yeah, of course he had a selfish motive for just giving me $3,000. And no, it wasn't a loan. No, it wasn't an advance payment on projects or requests to be named later. He was actually just going to give me the money. Here was the reason why. He was looking to put his business under a dramatic expansion within the next 12 months. And he wanted to have access so that he and I could work together all the time, not just on evenings and weekends. And if $3,000 was the price for him to get me out of that job so that he and I could step things up, then that was change to him. I couldn't see that, which is why it's I tell hard. this story. Yeah. So I, so I sat in that company for eight more months. And you know, today in 2022 and beyond, we hear this term, quiet quitting. That's basically what I did because I recognized I was being quiet fired. So hey, fine. I'll do exactly what I'm supposed to do, not a thing more. All right. So there goes your innovation. There goes your um, there goes your great ideas I have. There goes your my recommendations for improvement. There goes me working a minute past 4:30. Yep. That's what, yeah, but we didn't have terms like quiet quitting. And yeah, I knew I was being quiet fired at the same time because part of what happened is I refused to play along with some scheme. That that was a piece of it. So you know, that's really. exactly how I felt. I, was, I was refusing it. to play along with the, the game. Like I was tired of playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to play anymore. Right. So with all that, uh, what I want to explore a little bit, because I think this is foundational. I know that where we kind of discussed in the green room, we were going to kind of jump in is looking at what's the fee you charge and whether that's just a number. And we'll get there in just a minute. But what do you think maybe some other things that are programmed into folks, whether it's in their childhood, whether it's in what society tells them and uh, whether it's Mm -hmm. women or men that lead them to places where they just don't have the belief system that they can embrace what they're truly worth in dollars and cents. There I am using your tagline. Yeah. I think um, another, something that falls into that kind of category is believing that you have to work hard and kind of sweat it out and to warrant your price tag or whatever you're charging if you're not hustling and you're not exhausted then you definitely are not worth what you're charging um i think that's a that's something that is ingrained in us as kids like just work hard right so i think that's Uh one thing i think the other thing is is that work is work and you you shouldn't necessarily enjoy it like if you're having fun doing something then that's definitely a sign that maybe, um, you know, that, that helps make you question what you're worth. Should you be happy? 
Oh, yeah, I've, I've had this one. I had somebody try to passionately argue with me that if it's actually work, that by definition, it's not enjoyable. Right. Passionately right. argue definitely... with me to, this, to the point, to the point yes. where they wanted to dig in for hours and just keep advocating this point. Yes. I mean, I've had clients trying to argue with that, argue that with me too. Actually, this morning, I had someone argue something interesting. Um, so I was doing what I call a VIP half day, and we were creating her business plan for 2023. And part of that plan is to increase her prices. And she was really having a hard time wrapping her head around it. And she said, well, in this market, so she went to this market. So I live in the Midwest. This in market. This market uh-huh. No one will pay me this. I mean, they might pay me this if I lived in New York or LA, but they're not going to pay me that here. So I said, what does it matter? Like your, your, what you're offering, your value is the same no matter where you live. So there's another one. So, you know, how hard you're working, you shouldn't be enjoying it. If I can, if you... I, if I can interject on yeah. that one real quick. Okay. So she believes she could charge those prices in New York and LA. No, she's got to do is get a New York phone number and a New York mailing address. Ah, now she's in New York. Now she's yeah, exactly. It, it, exactly. It, 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 yeah. It's a, Years ago, I attended uh, I attended a seminar where Alan Weiss was one of the speakers, and he gave his formula for raising your rates. So you want to raise your rates, go to your website, change the number, raise your rates. Yeah. Now, what you're going to share with us may be slightly more scientific, but I think that's a good starting point. It's like, why not just raise your rates? Um, uh, Larry Steinhaus, uh, who told, told, uh, shared with me what happens if you want to stop worrying about money, then just stop worrying about it. Yeah, I always say get out of also get out of your client's pocketbook. Like yeah. get out of their wallet. Like get out uh-huh. of their wallet, right? Right. So um that and she was totally in their wallets this morning. And then I, and it's interesting though, because 10 minutes before she had told me how she's offering them such value. You know, so <laughs> it's like a big deck. It's a it's a um mind game, really, is what it is. So right. I also think another ple- another thing another roadblock to this whole scenario, something that might be ingrained in you is it's hard to have people pay for you, pay for the intangible, pay you for something that's intangible Yeah. because, right? So if you're selling tangibles, you might think, oh, well, they're definitely going to buy it because they can see, quote unquote, what they're getting. But if you're selling an intangible, then no one's going to pay you. So that's a whole, that's another one that gets in the way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's another thing that comes to mind for me. I remember when I was in the third grade and uh, we were given an assignment. It was to answer this question. If you won the lottery and got a million dollars, what would you do with the money? Now we found out when we turned in our answers that any answer other than making a list of who you would give every single cent of it to was the wrong answer. Because anything other than giving it all away was greed, was being selfish, was not being that type of good Christian that our Catholic school wanted us to be. So what else is wrong with that question? Let's see if you catch it. What, well, I mean, what are you going to do with $1,000? What's wrong with that question? Well, the, think, qu- the, the, uh, qu- the, qu- the question is, if you won the lottery today and got a million dollars, what would you do with the money? 
Well, well, I think that just it all depends. It all depends what you. I'll do with the I'll, money. I'll, I'll I'll save you time because we gotta get over to you. Tell here. me. The problem Tell is me. that the problem is the structure of the question. If you hit the lottery and got a million dollars, so what that's saying okay. is, look at you, Mister Regular Little Boy, Regular Little Girl. Uh, you are not going to ever get rich. The only way that people like you get rich is if you happen to win the lottery. Uh, the idea of getting a big sports contract or starting a company or what have you, that doesn't happen for regular people like you. So if you're ever blessed with winning the lottery, you owe it to give it all away. Gotcha. Totally. So, yep. Yeah. That, yeah. So, yeah. So the, so the answer I gave in the third grade is that I would, uh, I'd put it all in CDs, uh, get my 7% and then pull it out and then buy new CDs and get 7% off top of that. I mean, Basically, I was ex- I was explaining compound interest, and the, uh, for somebody in the third grade, that was pretty advanced. But oh yeah, I was uh, I was greedy, selfish, uh, totally disconnected from the Christian way of thinking because I didn't because uh, I wasn't going to give away a dime of it. And somebody asked me today what I would do if I had a million dollars land in my lap. I'd say, well, first of all, I'd probably take a vacation from how from uh, from the effort I put forth to make that happen, whether it was hard work, smart work, or right work. Uh, I'd celebrate. I'd probably spend about ten thousand dollars frivolously just because I could. I'd use a piece of it to pay off all my debts so that all my existing cash flow becomes liquid rather than debt service. Um, and I'd uh, put some of it to work for me, and I'd stick some of it into a fuck you fund. <laughs> love it. I yeah, love it. and 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 the and as far as me helping others. Like okay, you want a piece of my money? What kind of business venture are we doing together? We uh, we doing a partnership? We doing a JV? What do you want to do? I'll bring something to the table. You bring something to the table. Maybe it's my money, your effort, because I've been on the their money, my effort side of that continuum so many times. So maybe it's my turn to be the one with the money. Maybe it is. Yeah, and 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 in do, and in doing that, what I'm doing is I'm creating new businesses, which creates new opportunities, which creates new incomes, which is uh, which is mortgages paid, cars paid off, kids sent to college. Go for it. Yeah, pay it off. Right. Pay it off. Yeah. So, how do we find out what is the fee that you charge? Is it really just a number? I think we already know the answer, but expand upon this. So, okay. So, I think when we talk about selling or deciding on fees or pricing, really what it comes down to is our beliefs. And although, you know, price is a number, it is a tangible, you actually have full control over the number based on intangible. Okay. Okay. So the framework I want to share can be used for just about any business. It can also be used for thinking about negotiating a raise or bringing someone new onto your team or explain to a client how you know you, you earn income. But most, really most importantly, I want you to think about it as it relates to you and what you are doing right now. Yeah. So, okay, so price or fees, what you charge. And we could be thinking about this as, you know, your, even a markup on something. Your price isn't a number. It's really made up of three different beliefs that you, the person with the price, have. Number one is really, it's your belief you have in yourself as a provider of the service, the maturity of you as the deliverer of the service. 
So the yeah. first belief is belief in yourself. The second belief is belief in the value of your offer or your service. Like, are you, like today, this woman this morning, she totally believes in the value of her offer. Her problem really was the third belief, which is the belief in the maturity, the emotional maturity and the financial maturity of her client or customer. So that's where she was going off track. She was not believing <coughs> in the emotional or financial maturity of her clients. So your price is really just a composition of those three beliefs. And if you have drama over it, when we have drama over what the number should be or how to even tell someone what the number is, the drama is really created because there's a conflict between these three beliefs, the maturity of you as a provider, the value of your offer, and the maturity, your financial and emotional maturity of your clients. And your thoughts around those three things are conflicting. They're kind of at odds with each other. I actually picture like two little cartoon guys fighting. Um, uh-huh. And this is really like cognitive dissonance. And the more dissonance you have, the more drama you have. And you know, to eliminate the drama, you've got to examine what are all the thoughts you're having. So when I start to question my price or my clients start to question that, really, I go back to, okay, you, you believe one, like she believes in the value of her offer, but she doesn't believe in the financial and emotional maturity of her client. That those conflicting beliefs are what are causing the pain. And then that pain or the drama then leads to pain. The drama comes from having too many thoughts about the fact that what I, what you sell is not worth it. Uh-huh. Okay, And you've already got to clean up those beliefs or eliminate or reduce that cognitive dissonance in order to move forward. That's kind of the first, what I like to say, piece of the puzzle. Right. There's more, but that's the first piece to having the, recognizing that what's going on is that you have kind of inconsistency in those beliefs and they're 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 arguing with each other. Yeah. So Andrea, I just have to ask, who the hell do you think you are to come on my show with us? <laughs> now pause. <laughs> See, you chuckled because you know where I'm headed with this. Um, how many times do I'm people so hear? How many times do people hear, well, who the hell do you think you are when they yeah, show you who they you're are? So right. Right. It's so, so true. Like I feel like and I yeah, and I ran into that a lot when I first started out. I'd share my rights and say, Well, who the hell do you think you are to charge that? You you're not so and so. And I even ran into this uh two and a half years ago when we launched the podcast reach system, which is my proprietary uh methodology for working with entrepreneurs to launch your podcast, your key networking, client attraction, celebrity expert branding tool. And people come to me and say, Oh yeah, you think you know about podcasting? Well you should see what so and so is doing. And 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 it's like I already know all these names you're listing. Uh so I'd let them mm-hmm. so I'd say, well do you know so and so? And I'd say, yeah, I know, I know them. They were on my show a couple of years ago because most people have been at this point. And um they say, well you know you should see what he's doing with podcasting is this, this and this. And it looks like he has more on his game than you do. I say, that's nice. nice. That was my entire nice. response. That's nice. But what I, but what I so, didn't even bother to share with them is I know who my competitors are 
and I have competitors springing up in that market all the time because it's a very hot market right now. Um, COVID yeah. ratcheted up, and it's not cooling off a bit. Every time I turn around, I see another somebody else saying, we'll help you launch your podcast. I mean, there's even now another brand out there that uses the word reach in it, and it's about podcasting and thinking, thinking I might have to sue these people. But all the same, <laughs> yeah. But all the, but all the same, yeah, I've checked them out. You want to know why I've checked them out? Because I want to see what they're missing and make the decision whether or not I want to fill that gap. Yeah, and that's kind I'm, of I'm, like... I'm, I'm doing something very specific with podcasting. It's not for everybody. And for the people uh-huh. it's for, they understand that it's more than just launching a podcast. It's a it's a transformational action within their business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not for everybody. Not everybody's there. I'm focusing on the people who are there and are prepared to go there. So that's really identifying who's ready to kind of challenge their own beliefs in a way, yeah. right? Like they're ready for that challenge. I think you know, sometimes people say um, they don't recognize what's really going on inside yeah. their brain. But I think everyone you know, experiences at some point this, this cognitive dissonance to some degree, but, but it doesn't mean it's always easy to recognize. And I think I found that there's some signs that what you're feeling might be related directly to this problem. And I think they include, you know, like you were just talking about feeling uncomfortable before doing something or making a decision, right? Or trying to justify or rationalize a decision that you've made or some action you've taken. Um, Feeling embarrassed or ashamed about something you've done or trying to hide your actions from other people. This morning, she, we were like two hours into our discussion and she said to me, yeah, actually I have, um, she's actually a professional photographer. She said, I have been asked to go to destination shoots. And I said, why didn't you tell me that before? Like, that's, that's great. See, so you are expanding outside of this market. Well, I know, you know, so feeling embarrassed or ashamed about something, that's, that's a sign, man, that you're in this place of cognitive dissonance. And I think another thing when you were talking about what are these other like do you know this guy do you know this guy do you know this guy if you're doing things because of social pressure or fear of missing out even if it's something that you didn't want to do that's a sign that you've got some conflicting beliefs so right that's you know the drama comes from having too many thoughts that feed into the belief that what you sell or the service you give is not an undercharge right so The Uh thought that the value in your service that you give is not enough for the cost or the client isn't mature enough to understand the value or your own value isn't enough. So there's like, you've got to really think to yourself, this is an undercharge. If you're not there, then you're not, you're not probably charging enough. And that, and that is how I got, and that's how I got into doing charity work so many times. And paying mm-hmm. essentially for the privilege of having the client. I'm going to give a shout out here. And I know he tunes in every, every once in a while. Matt Sellhorse, the creator of um, both dealer profits and some other brands was a client of mine a couple of years ago. Uh, and it was, uh, we did some things that I actually don't really do in my business anymore. So uh, he's kind of a previous client for a reason. One of my very good ones and one I really loved enjoying with, enjoyed working with. And here's the reason why. And I discovered this only as I was working with him. This was transformational for me, even though it seems so simple. He understood everything that I was doing for him. I was so conditioned to 
reaching out to and doing everything I could to attract the clients who had no idea, who would allow me to be the one-eyed man leading the blind, that (laughs) because they couldn't understand the value, they complained about the price because they didn't recognize what goes into that price. They complained about how long things were taking because they just couldn't fathom it because somebody else told them, oh, yeah, you could do this in five minutes, whatever. Uh, But that's out there. And if you don't have that understanding with the people you're working with. Now, when you work with somebody who understands what you do, here's what happens. They are more likely to feel that your premium rates are a bargain to them because they know what it takes to do it right Mm -hmm. and do it really, really good. They understand the technologies you're using because they've had their hands on and they know that if it's advertised as one step, it's probably 17 and a half steps. They get that because they've done it themselves. And they also know, and they also know that you have a level of understanding about what you do. They have a level of understanding about what you do and their expectations of it. So rather than ask stupid questions like, well, this is taking three days or why is it $4,000? Uh, somebody told me I could get this done for $29.99, meaning $29.99. Mm-hmm. They, they'll come to you with, hey, you know what? Um, I just had this great idea about what we're doing. I want to run it by you. And they can bring these ideas based on that mutual peer understanding. I had that with Matt. Once I discovered how joyous that can be, I made some shifts in not only future client relationships, but existing client relationships toward that plane of understanding. And let me just tell you how much more fun it is to know yeah, that know that I can throw out a number like $6,000 for the Reach for the Reach Connect package. And they say, oh, is that it? Oh, wow. So yep. with all these $297 launch your podcast in the weekend stuff, I'm telling you about a 90-day process. It'll probably take four months and it's going to char- cost you $6,000. And you say, oh, that's it? Okay. Because these are the people who understand. We're not just checking off a box so you can say, look at me, I have a podcast. We're doing something transformational in your branding, your business, your networking, client attraction, celebrity expert profile that's going to create levels of influence that you've not experienced up until now. That's what they're investing in. The podcast is just is just the car. It's not the destination. So true. Like this morning, I mean, she invested in this VIP half day. And yes, we worked through and created a business plan. But really what I was doing was up-leveling her whole game, the whole game in, in all aspects of her business and really setting her up for, for success as she goes into 2023, like putting her on the, on the track, the fast track in a sense, but the track that's right for her, right? So it's not always just about being fast. So I think too, she had some drama though about this whole pricing piece. And, you know, so she's like, well, how do I get out of this? How do I clean this up? And I think there's really, there's a couple things. Number one, you got to get out of your client's wallet, like we talked about before. Yeah. Number two, you've got to stop asking yourself about your own worth right? You have to stop doing that. And really why you have to stop doing that is because the price that someone's paying is about, like you just kind of mentioned, the lifetime value that you're delivering to the client. It is not just about the 90 days or the six months or launching the podcast, right? It's about the lifetime value of working with them. And I think if you've, if you've got, if you have drama about this stuff, what's happening is that you're getting in your own way. And you're really not letting that client 
feel the lifetime value of uh-huh. your offer. So I think really you got to kind of start thinking about the value of what you're delivering over the course of a lifetime, not about, not in any other time frame. no matter what, not when they sign the contract or in the 90 days or six months. And the next piece is to just, is to start, start thinking about your service as really an undercharge and an over deliver. And think about that. What you're putting out there in the world is an undercharge and an over deliver. And when you do that, it takes the focus off of you and it puts it on the value you're giving. Or another way to think about that is you start to think about the transformation or the evolution that you're providing. So in order to counter all of those thoughts that you're having, you have to be curious. You have to be curious about what's going to counter those thoughts. And I think a brilliant way to do this is to start looking at your fee or whatever the client's investing like a portal or an invitation or a door for evolution or transformation. And I love to picture a big wide door that I am inviting my clients to walk through. And this this big, huge, wide door, it really is an opening for them. And if I am not charging enough, then that door is not opened wide enough because I am actually doing them a disservice. I am not giving them the opportunity to change or the opportunity to think about themselves in a different way. So, you know, if that door isn't open wide enough, or if the, the client can't open the door wide enough, then that transformation is not available to them. So if your price isn't high enough, then that transformation is not available to them. And in my case, with my clients, if I don't charge what I charge or believe I'm worthy of the price tag, then they don't get access to something better for themselves. They don't get access to my energy or my competence or my abundant thinking So then really what I'm doing is taking away some of their power, because if I don't believe in my price, then what I'm kind of saying is I don't believe in my clients and I don't believe in the value that I'm giving them. I'm not holding their vision of themselves as transforming or as amazing. So this woman this morning has a, she has a vision of herself and what she's capable of, but it's fleeting because she, because she creates drama about all of this. So I said, listen, we, want, we need to make this plan happen in 2023. Let's continue working together. And I, you know, gave her my best option. And, you know, I said, ooh, the price tag. And I said, yeah, but the price tag is allowing you the space to make things happen. I mean, there's value yeah. in the transformation. And I'm shrinking the invitation if I shrink the price. So this isn't about me. It's about the client. It's about me helping them, serving them. Right. And if I can help them transform or evolve or grow their business, then and I can provide the space to do that, then it is totally worth the price tag. But if I shrink it, then I'm not letting them really decide for themselves how big a transformation they want to happen. So that is think about that. That is, I think, I think a lot about it. I think it's um, I think it's quite something the way that you assiduously ripped those assumptions to shreds and showed people a new way of looking at it. So yep. I'd like to say, yep. and this is what came to my mind as you were sharing that, is I tell folks all the time who worried about 
making their offers so much different than their competition or so much better than their competition. And what I say is, you know, there's really not much new under the sun. What makes you unique and special is your brilliance, your passion, and what you bring to the table and how you have that transformative energy. So people look at the podcast reach system and they know it has eight discrete areas that we work through when you become a VIP level reacher. And I've had Mm -hmm. people, I've had people criticize step number seven, which is that your podcast should always be on its own dedicated, separate website. You don't throw it up as a link on anchor real quick. And um, it should be more than just a category of your business website. And I have an entire, I have an entire report that lists, I think 40 or 50 reasons why. And now take a look and say, Hey, Hey guys, he's he's just trying to get you to buy a website. Come on, just just pull out your iPhone, record something, put it up on Anchor, and get your podcast out there. I say, great. So I'll never hear from this podcast again. Awesome. And when I see all these little <laughs> things that come out, I say, okay, does one of my competitors just finish up one of their launch your podcast in a weekend thing? And if so, who was it? So I scroll back in my social media and say, oh, it was you. All right. Oh. And now and, and now I'm <laughs> I'm making a list of people I'm going to check in with in about two months, see how their podcast is doing. Yeah, I think because here's what's going on, too. Like you are saving them. I like to say you're three. The three most valuable resources are time, money and brain power. Yeah. Right. So if you are not charging enough, you are not um, maybe saving them enough time, money and brain power. I think. If we can, if we as service providers can collapse that timeline for them yeah. and save them time, that in and of itself is worth it. And if think about money too, if money makes it move faster. Them, yeah, like, yeah. but if you're saving them money because they're not going to try this out on their own or create a horrible, horrible website, there's value there too. And the third piece is, I think the most impactful thing to think about is energy. I mean, what would be the internal or emotional impact if they fail or if the transaction doesn't go through or no one listens to the podcast. Like there's a lot of energy that's going to go on there. So, you know, I, it's, it's, there's an internal impact in, in an energy sense. There's a lifetime internal impact on their emotions and the false beliefs that they'll continue to kind of walk around with. So the value of whatever service you're providing, you know, it does have value monetarily. It also has value in terms of time saving and value in terms of energy saving. Um, which Yeah, I, and, it, and as you know, as a podcast host, uh, podcasts take energy. They totally take energy. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. So I happily pay my podcast producer every month to make it happen um, because that is really to me, that is that the value they're providing is priceless for me to be able to help other people and get my message out there and not have to do all the behind the scenes. I'm all in. I am all in on that. Right. Right. So what I, what I see happening, and this is one of the things that inhibit people from doing podcasts is I belong to a number of podcaster groups. And there's this one in particular, I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't want to put it down. I think they're good people in there, but post after post is about their challenges with editing. And for example, I'm going to paraphrase this because I don't have it right in front of me. Somebody said, you know, I just interviewed such and such a guest. And, and in the first four minutes, 
They said, um, seven times. And I'm having a real challenge editing this. Should I ask them to record again? What are the ethics of asking them to record again? Should I do this podcast? Uh, what can I put in place to help people understand? Uh, what can I do to make myself a bet? For God's sake. Do you understand that podcasting is meta marketing? It's right. the imperfections that make it beautiful. Totally. And, and, and these are folks that are just so. I, I can't even really think of them as prospects for my business because they're so wrapped up in that. I have to wait them out to the point where they say, ah, I'm, I'm not dealing with this stuff anymore. It doesn't matter. See, with Podcast Reach, we have this thing. It's embedded within the eight steps. It's the pre-editing process and mindset. The idea being by using just a little bit of pre-planning and real simple stuff too, you can have a framework that'll make any interview extraordinary doesn't matter because you'll have the toolkit to do it and it'll require little to no editing at all like i have a policy here on this show we're on right now the only editing we're going to do is if we lose the connection we have to splice two things together other than that this runs how it. we did it. other than that this runs how we did it i and mm-hmm. i've uh yeah i've had uh I've had uh, folks come to me and say, uh, hey, uh, that was a great interview. And and uh, can you send me the recording so I can review it before it goes live? And I'll say no. Huh. And uh, they want to edit. No way. Right, right. <laughs> or or I get the one where I suddenly find out that they happen to be in a regulated industry and their compliance department has to review it. And I say, OK, well, if your compliance can listen to it, uh, but the only thing I want to hear is, yes, this is going to run or no, it's not. I'm not going to make a single edit uh, because, A, you should have disclosed this previously, and B, you should have known what to say and not say. After all, yeah. you're in the industry and you deal with their compliance. You should know their roles. Right, right. So, uh, and, and see, when you take those mindsets and you take away, and I, and I, I kind of walk my way intentionally to an example without even announcing it is what I just did there is I took away the pain and the frustration that leads people to believe that it's not really podcasting unless it's really, really, really hard. And you spend 10 hours editing a 30 minute episode. And here I am saying, well, why are you editing? So I go the opposite direction. Why are you editing? Just like, you know, you hear people who have all these complex algorithms for why, you know, why and how you should raise your rates. And I cite the example of Alan Weiss who said, Hey, you want to raise your rates, raise your rates, mm-hmm. log into mm-hmm. your website, change the number, raise your rates. Uh, so that's an energy I bring to my private coaching and consulting clients as well. When they get all up in their feels and uh, they're screwed, let's do it and everything else. I'm the one that puts the brakes on and says, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Before we spend time on this, maybe we should test it and see if anybody would actually buy it. And when they start getting really reluctant saying, oh, well, 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 the, mar- the market, the market would never buy this. And, and there's no way anybody would pay for this. I'm saying, I, I'm the one that's going to say, well, then we need to get an offer out tomorrow and find out. We need to ask our number one or top marketing guru, who's our customer. And you see, and, you, and I love your phrase of getting out of your client's wallet. Well, that to me parallels what I say is that your money is in that client's wallet and it's your job to get them to hand you your money. Mm-hmm. Totally and, true. And, 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 I think- no, and yeah, notice how I said that. 
hand them your money, not hand them their yes. money. So you're going to yes. put an, so you're going to put a very subtle energy out there that says this is already yours. So when I'm mm-hmm. so when I'm so when I'm negotiating a deal or I'm uh, or I'm looking to persuade somebody to become an elite podcast reacher, I'm not viewing it as something that I'm trying to attain. I'm viewing it as something I already have. I just I just got to work out the details. So really, I mean, I think a lot of times what we're doing is we're saving our clients the energy it takes to fight the head trash, right? Yeah. So to fight the confusion and the indecision and the overwhelm of having a business, it's it takes a lot of energy to navigate all of that. And if, if that can be, that energy can go somewhere else, then it's a win-win. If that can, energy can go to getting your money out of their wallet, yeah, absolutely. Right. So, yep. um, so you uh, mentioned in the green room, do you have some valuable resources that we can um, now, are we jumping ahead here? Because I know we have about 10 minutes left here. And I know in the end, you have a special gift you want to share with our audience. I'm going to share that for you. But uh, in terms of resources in general, uh, what do you think are some valuable resources people can lean on other than, of course, visiting your website and investing in your stuff? I think that... Um, being okay, I'm gonna ha- being an active listener versus a passive listener to any yeah. podcast. So I have a podcast, you have a podcast. I like to say, you know, where are the the, the stalkers, right? So if you're just a uh-huh. stalker and you're out there just listening, you're not really doing yourself any favors because you're not really doing the work worth doing. I call it like, what's the work worth doing? The work worth doing is taking a lot of these concepts and putting them into action. So. I think that if someone's got a link in their show notes, go go click on it and do it, right? If that's if they've got something that can help you, don't just really be sitting in the back seat. So for me, I mean, the resources I've got out there, I do have my own podcast. It's called Time to Level Up. And I yep, think that's a it. great resource. Yep. Um, I have um, a quiz on my website that really gets to what I call the root of the problem. So Reveal yep. the root of why you're feeling the way you're feeling or why yep. you're not doing what you're doing or why you're doing what you're doing. Yep. For our, listener, for our listeners, stay with us. And in a few minutes, I'll show you where to find it. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think if you are not doing the deep exploration of figuring out what's behind how you're feeling and you're kind of just squashing it all and saying, oh, it'll get better on its own, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because there's ways that like we, I talked about opening this door of transformation. You can open your own door, right? I mean, you can open your own door. It might be faster if you had someone help you, but you can open your own door. So you've got to do a little work in figuring out how to make that happen. So, um, you know, where I get most of my knowledge or where I feel like I grow the most is in those quiet moments, like you described at the beginning of the show, um, where I can reflect on what's, what's really going on. And then decide how I'm going to move forward with it and not just sit on it, not just let it stew and fester. Um, because again, if we let it stew and fester, your, your imposter syndrome and that head trap and all of those beliefs are going to start to fight. Right. And you yeah. have your, you, you have to have a belief about yourself that you, what you, how are you presenting yourself? And that's the most important resource to, to take care of first before you go help anyone else. Yeah. So I say, you know, for me, I've got the, my podcast, 
time to level up. I've got that quiz. And I also do have a handout that's all about just this topic we talked about today. Oh, and um, I'm gonna and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna tell our folks about that one too. I I got it yep. right here. I got it right here, Andrea. Okay. I, I promise right. you. And I promise our I, listeners I you are you. getting these things. Go ahead. Um, but I think I would encourage your listeners to if you've got drama about any drama you have about this worthiness topic and pricing, it's really you just having conflicting thoughts, you getting in their wallet and not getting your money out, right? And yeah. not allowing yourself or the client to transform. So your price is really got to go back to being based on how you're undercharging and over delivering because what you want to give them through your service is huge. So I think you know, when I work with someone like I did this morning, um, when I'm doing what I call a VIP strategy and planning half day, that is priceless because I not only gave her something tangible to walk out the door with, like a business plan, I gave her a business plan that works for her type of business, Yeah, the kind of entrepreneur she wants to be, and that integrates who, I think something else is important, integrates into her the life she wants to lead as a, as a, in the personal side that aligns with who she wants to become. So, um, you know, I think that's a really a great tool to have in your toolbox. Yeah. A business I, plan that works for you. Yeah. And I, and I like the emphasis on that, which works for you. I said earlier that there's really not much new under the sun. It's what make, what makes your offer, what makes your business, what makes what you do for people special is you your unique experiences, your approach to it, your truth. Yep. So I I approach everything. The way I work with everybody is also, I think, okay, we're whole human beings here. We're not just business owners. So I always say business and life are both fair game. They're like tied up like a ball of yarn. So when I'm Uh coaching someone, you know, I'm coaching both on business and life. It's really hard to separate one from the other. So you know, if that's something that resonates, like I would encourage your listeners to go find someone who has that same sort of philosophy that we're a whole human being, not we, we can't really separate the two. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is, that is so much, so much the case. And I, and I will tell you, as we get close to wrapping up, one of my, I alluded to this earlier, one of my big own big journeys and going down the path that you've shown us the way through is not letting people push me around. It started with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my my first business. Once I jumped and became a full time entrepreneur, ended up becoming web development, and uh, it was basically all referral based. And uh, sometimes I would have my clients and the people who referred them trying to tell me how to run my business. And I, for about the first year or so, I would allow myself to be cowed by that, and then I just started pushing back. So. One quick example comes to mind is that um, one of my really good clients referred to me this um, this guy who was launching a book, and uh, the, what what the guy wanted to do to launch the book was to send emails to lists he had bought. I'll give you I'll give you a moment to have a shudder over that. <laughs> so uh, so I already knew the an- I already knew the answer to this one, and uh, but out of courtesy. For my client who referred me this person, and also just so that I could have an updated uh, set of responses on this when anybody else came to me with the same question, because it used to be fairly common. 
is uh, I contacted, I think, the six leading email marketing providers at the time. This was back in 2007. And I got them uh-huh. all to tell me in writing that uh, there was absolutely no way in hell that that guy was going to be uploading his list to their system. It wasn't happening. Now, one of them gave the helpful suggestion that he could go back to whoever sold him the list and see if they had a program they could offer him where they would send his emails for him since they held the original source of opt-in. And so I told I told him all this, and then he tried to tell me, oh, this is completely unacceptable. This is my one and only way of selling my book. And I said, I, I can't help you with this. Sorry. And I ended the call. And then two minutes later, he sends me an email that says, I'm really looking to I'm really looking forward to working with you to get my list uploaded to an email provider so that I can start marketing my book. I need you on this. This is very important. And I wrote back and I said, I'm not sure what kind of relationship you're in, but you might want to consider boundaries. Mm. To me, that was like the Eureka moment that this was somebody who's referred to me by somebody who mattered to me. And this is also somebody who, within a certain niche, had a certain level of influence. And I was able to tell the guy, not only no, but now I have questions about whether you can relate to women. <laughs> so you want to you you try and push me and steamroll me like what I just said didn't matter? Okay, I'll explain what boundaries and consent mean. You want to have that conversation? And, uh, and, when, and when I was able to have that breakthrough, yeah, I was being a little extreme in saying that, but I needed the guy to recognize that his approach was not going to get him any help launching his book and that he might want to think that if he only, if, the, if, that if buying lists and marketing, which is you know effectively spamming, is his one and only strategy for selling that book, he might want to get other strategies. You need, a, yeah, you, yeah. Right? I mean, I, I, I knew, I knew this one even before I got involved in online marketing. You don't do that. No, you don't do that. You don't do it. You, you don't, don't do that. No. Yeah, nope. but, but boy, but boy, that and then that story I told you, there was even a piece of it. If you, if you caught it, that wanted to try and accommodate, that wanted to take the time to research yeah. it and find out if maybe I was mistaken and maybe there was somebody out there who say, sure, send that CSV file right over. We'll hook it up for you. Even though I found the whole thing repugnant. Whereas if, whereas if somebody came to me with that today, I'd say, sorry, just because you asked that question, I can't work with you. Right. Well, I and, think... And, and, that- and, and that's me portraying... And, that's, and, that, and that would uh, lead them to have a moment, they might say, oh, you would actually dismiss me as a prospect just because I asked that question. I'd say, absolutely. If that's your if that's your frame of reference, then uh, uh, the problem is much bigger than that. And, hey, if they want to discuss the problem, I'll discuss it with them. And who knows, maybe they become a client and I become the guy who changed your life. I'm not rolling that out. But I'm just saying, right. I'm not going to let people steamroll me. And that, the way I just phrased that, could be my way of saying, Hey, I will take I will take you out of the valley of darkness and I will bring you to the peak of the mountain and show you the light. I think you either it's I always say you're either winning or learning. Yes. Right. So that guy is not does not have like a growth mindset. He wasn't willing to listen to you. He's also dead. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the name or anything like that because I don't like to disparage people in general. That's why I tell these stories anonymously and sometimes I change a few details to protect the guilty, mm-hmm. but all the same. Uh-huh. 
All the same. All yeah, the same. What, yeah you're what, either you're winning ahead. or learning, man. You're not, you're not, but he, he wasn't willing to do that. Doesn't sound right. like it. Right, right, nope. right. And I, and I just, I just couldn't, I simply couldn't, I couldn't accommodate that at all. And then when, and then dad insult injury, tried to steamroll me and act and act like, uh, and act like uh, me having just told him no, a firm no, actually meant that I had said yes and that I was going to move him to the top of my list. Yep. Like, yeah, it's like I'm familiar with that negotiating tactic. I've used it to save thousands of dollars on domains that were being held hostage. I, I've read so many books on negotiation and I've practiced so much of it that, yes, I'm aware of the tactic that you send that email right after the phone call that completely reframes the entire conversation. But yeah, even so you did it wrong. He couldn't even get that right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we're at the top of the hour here and I promised our listeners two gifts from Andrea. The first one, which you alluded to is the take the reveal, excuse me, is to take the reveal the root quiz, which is at Andrea Libros. A-N-D-R-E-A-L-I-E-B-R-O-S-S dot com forward slash quiz. Andrea Adam, Libros I have a better, I have a better link. Forward slash quiz. Oh, better, better one. I have a okay. better link. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can just go to Andrea's link.com and you can find a link to everything. Andrea's link. Andrea's link. A- wow. Andrea's link. A-N-D-R-E-A-S-L-I-N-K-S dot com. Andrea's link. That's all. All the links. And, and yeah, that's all. That's almost as hot as uh, schedulewithadam.com. So there is. is another one. There's another one. I'm going to give the individual links as well. But remember okay. what uh, what she has shared with you. The other is to get those questions that Andrea alluded to. That you need to ask yourself in order to determine what you're worth. Go to www.andrealibros.com forward slash worth. And you can download that guide and you'll get those questions. So uh, those, those are the two links to follow. You can look down. You'll see them in the notes. And from there, Andrea Libros, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me, an education. Great. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Adam. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.